good. I am well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. Been a long day already. Been a long year, my friend. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yes, it has. And it doesn't seem to be showing too many signs of stopping. Uh, no. And now, now we're getting into the entire fucking thing with, um, with Chauvin and Minneapolis is going to be on fire. I think. Did you watch that today? No, I can't. Now that Biden is president, I feel like I can take a deep breath and stay the hell away from any kind of media, but that won't last long. Cause you know, we're going to be under fire again. We're all good. <laughs> it's Minneapolis and we're people of color and it's going to be fucking on point. There's just so much to be stressed out about. It's really unbelievable that we're, you know, maintaining it all. I think. Exactly. Exactly. So here's, this is Jamar. Malcolm is going to be a few minutes late, but cool. big deal. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for coming on. Fun. <laughs> yes. I love it. Is that your, Hello. is that your lizard brain? No, that's, <laughs> no, that's my uh, grandson's new lizard, that's Ruby. So oh, nice. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Would that be a, what, what would you call it? I got to turn my brother out here. Once. An iguana? Yeah, it's an iguana. Okay. Do you like it? What's that? Do, do you like it? Do you like to handle it and stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to have a horn-toed lizard cool. a long time ago. I remember when there were, um, you remember when exotic animals, like people could actually buy exotic animals from, oh, yeah, when I was a kid, my mom had some friends who purchased exotic animals so lizards lots of lizards but yeah. i remember a couple of um there was a tiger cub and i think one other person had a lion cub that kind of shit like straight up tiger king kind of crap <laughs> it was really really fucked up i yeah. remember the tiger king i have a photograph somewhere in the world of me as a little kid with a tiger king tiger because they came to maplewood mall Oh, wow. kidding. No, and I want to find this picture. I mean, it's floating around, you know, my mom's house or my aunt's house or something, but I remember. Joe, Joe Exotic and everything? Yeah, I believe it was the same outfit. It's right around the right time. of. So I was like, that's got to be the guy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> ah, Mecca, you're ahead of your time. I love it. <laughs> I wonder if I could sell that shit on eBay. Probably. Right now, yeah, the best time to do it, considering you know, considering he's a. Well, I mean, what happened to that guy? There was this. He's whole still time. in jail. Is he, he wanted? Okay? He wanted to get a pardon from uh, Trump, but Trump passed him on. Passed That's him by. surprising. He must have yeah. been so fucked up that even Trump. <laughs> he was he was actively campaigning. I was like, if I want to look at white trash, I can just go outside. Yeah. Like, I have to watch it for entertainment purposes, either. Yeah, I watched one episode. I was this done. is the truth. So Mecca, why don't you introduce yourself, please? All right. My name is Mecca Boss. I am a native Minnesotan, native St. Paulite, lifelong east side. I'm sitting in my mom's basement in East St. Paul, beautiful East St. Paul. Um, and I've been cooking and writing in the Twin Cities for, I don't know, so many years. I don't really care to admit it, but more than 20. And um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the nutshell version. What, what, more, what, what, what else shall I tell you? No, I, I think that's great. It's just, I would much prefer that you do it versus us trying to piece it together. Right. Um, just so people know, Mecca inter uh, interviewed us for an article, right? 
Yeah. yeah. I believe it was for um, the Meet Minneapolis Tourism Board was looking for, you know, they wanted the, they wanted a roundup of, of black shit. So. <laughs> well, f- thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for that qualify. shit. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, you, and you qualify. I qualify. You qualify. <laughs> I love the fact, though, that they they want the roundup of black shit right as we went into a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Take advantage. Oh, psych. (laughs) Yeah. Nope. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Uh, Big germ, just before you got on, we were talking a little bit about the... Here's it, Malcolm. We were talking a little bit about the start of the trials. And and all of that fucked up. Let's wait for Malcolm to come in. Malcolm. <laughs> nice look. Nice look. What the fuck? Dude. Oh, he's not frozen. Okay, good. Okay. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey. Hey. I can't. I got here as quick as I can. I was out handling some business and, um, you know, actually I was dealing with someone who had a problem with um, an older white male. And um, and I had to offer some interference, you know, because we're going through that shit again. We're like I said, I was telling them Mecca. Hi, Mecca. Hi, uh, I was telling them that um, that we are in Minneapolis season three. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to use that. No, it's totally true, right? Yeah. Yeah. And people aren't prepared for this shit. And but we are. Because we've been going through this all our lives, and now we're in the third iteration of the bullshit that our city has thankfully sparked worldwide. I love it. All eyes on us. All eyes are on us and will be for the entirety of the summer, I believe. I don't think this is going to be a quick and easy thing. I think this is going to be at least a five to six month trial. It's like, for what? For fucking what? This is what I just don't understand. And then I realized, oh, wait, white cop, black man. Of course, it's going to take forever. And I'd be surprised if the outcome is anything other than what it has always been. Have you listened to any of the jury selections? No, they, I know they paused it uh, a minute because they did pause it yesterday, but they picked it up today. It's hilarious. Well, it sounds like me. White folks can get their shit together. Yeah, they're you know. voir dire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty we, bad. We can't decide how badly to charge him because we don't want to hurt his future. It's like a it's like a Brock situation we got going on here. Oh right. right. <laughs> I, was, I was doing some reading on it today, and the way that it's framed is that they have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the that the police uh, intended to kill him. So that's what they're trying to prove that he intentionally wanted to kill him. Um, that's pretty yeah. obvious. I just feel like they're going to find so many loopholes with that. Yeah. Well, they want to get the uh, whole depraved mind thing in there, like well, they did with Muhammad Noor. Well, let's not let's not forget. I was going to say, Vic Germ, that um, let's not forget Muhammad Noor because they had no problem fucking <clears throat> getting to that shit, getting to that conclusion quick. Depraved so. mind. Yeah, that's a depraved mind if ever I've seen one with his hand in his pocket sitting there like he counts change looking for a couple of nickels for the homeless guy on the corner. <laughs> but what's the shit we've heard about? Um, have, have any of you heard anything about the 
the uh, meth that was found in the car. Yeah, oh, that, that, they found yes, they did. Meth and, meth and fentanyl mix. Oh no, and they're in, trying in to... the car with his DNA. Yeah, they're 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 trying to. You know, we all know, we all know, Mick, character you know this. We all know this. It's 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 character assassination one on one. You know, black people are used to this. That's why when this when the city when they let listen. They better not. They better put this motherfucker in jail for at least a decade. No. Because if they do that, if they don't do that, look, all our shit gonna burn. Yeah. Okay, Southsiders. Sh- I'm I'm sorry, but y'all neighborhood is fucked up. Okay, well we brought Mecca on because I want to hear what Mecca yeah, has ahead. to say too. Exactly. Let's shut up. <laughs> Let's let Mecca you shut up, Mickey. Well, Mecca. Well, Mecca, you being in the middle of this, being in the in the whole conglomerate of of you know food and the people who are involved in the nation of community, how does this look on your end? Well, I mean, I don't know that I have any deep thoughts about about the trial we, we we watched my family and i watched the jury selection today and we you know we were all just commenting on how we would be dismissed in the first 60 seconds <laughs> you know what i mean we'd be like we don't need her you know so and yeah i mean it's um and i was trying to explain to you know i got an 11 year old niece i'm trying to explain to her that you know what our our jury process here you know our legal system supposedly better than in some places where they'll just throw you in jail and forget about you but in fact that is what they do to black men and mass. So how do you explain that to an 11 year old, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, you can't because their sense of their sense of uh, right and wrong is so pure, you know, it's so like, how do you say, well, yeah, in some, in some societies, you know, they have these, they have, they don't have a legal uh, trial, a trial system, but you know, if you, you know, you don't have to be an expert on what happens here to understand that, um, you know, we don't got it much better really when it comes down to, it depends on who you are. What did Janice have to say? Who you are, how much money you got. I think she was just kind of absorbing the information. You know, I don't know that. I don't know that she really had a response. And yeah, but it'll be interesting to um, she's just coming back from Mexico. She spent most of her life in Mexico and she's going to be staying here for a while. And yeah, it'll be interesting to try to like acclimate her to like what Minneapolis is all about in the middle of all this. Well, do we do we do we introduce do you I mean, for somebody who's coming outside of this place who hasn't been here for a long time, leaving here like even five years ago gives you a different perspective of what's happening right now, because the reckoning, as we all know, at our age has been brewing for decades. And now that it is the only people that aren't nervous about it are us. Because I'm sitting my sipping my coffee going, hey, have at it, fix your problems. And, and that's what I say is I say that we're, you know, we're in, what's happening is that we're in the middle of a we're in a civil rights movement. Yeah. Whatever is going on politically right now is is a long time coming. And so and, it's, and it happens in all it's happening across all sectors. You know, it's happening in the food world and the journalism world. I mean, people are making long standing you know, um, been waiting a long time to make these demands on these power structures to stop doing what they're doing. It's, yeah, it's a reckoning. It, it is a reckoning. But, you know, so as somebody who makes films and does a lot of that kind of stuff, it's really interesting to see all these people who are all of a sudden, all of a sudden becoming woke and all of a sudden wanting to include, you know, uh, any kind of uh, diversity and equity inclusion and all this. other kind of shit. And it's like, OK, well, that one or two you know, the one or two people that you're hiring isn't 
that's not equity and it's not inclusion. So how can we, you know, I guess, I guess it's kind of a broader question. That's like, it's going to take a long fucking time. And these, these trials, these discussions, well, I, don't, I, don't, we, I just don't see shit happening as quickly as I would like for it to happen, which is like yesterday. Well, if we if we have discussed before, the only way that one of the only ways that things are ever going to kind of level out and and even give even give a tad bit of value that people were used to before George Floyd and before COVID is taking away some of some of the white comfort that has been afforded to a lot of people who take take for granted that they get to roam freely without being molested. And now those that has changed, especially the fact that we have the federal government hunting white people right now. Oh my God. You know? And if that doesn't send out a, a brass signal to these people, what does? Yeah, well, you know, it's the age, it's the age old, you know, it's the, the white fragility um, argument is that, it, you know, white people are like fish in water, right? Because the entire system is designed for them. And yep. so they don't even really realize that because they're so in it, you yeah. know, there's no way they would, they, they, they wouldn't be able to know unless the fishbowl spills. Well, they like, deny their own privilege. And they don't even I don't even think oftentimes they even recognize it. And that's mm -hmm. not an excuse. You know, I'm not trying to give them an out. But I think the reality is the system is so designed for them that there's that it's, it's, it's virtually impossible sometimes for them to recognize that. Well, that's what I mean, that they if, unless we interrupt that level of comfort that we have not have never been afforded. And that's not even talk about. You two women that are on the middle of all this shit, you know, Malcolm, with you, how, 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 what would you say? Like, what, what kinds of things can people do to interrupt the comfort? Well, interrupting the comfort is happening right now. It's interrupting your your passage, your your ability to dictate what minorities, what black people, what women, black women should do as a whole. Because the dictation has been going on for so long, the status quo has been going on so long that every time you turn around, somebody is trying to tell us how to navigate our lives when we're just going about our fucking business. You right. know, when I, that I, is disrupted, I would go and say that that black women are just simply not even seen or heard. No, I, I, that's what, that's exactly what I mean. No. It's about vision. Notice that you're there. The yeah. clarity, the clarity has been so dissolved by by white comfort that it makes it hard for people who actually have good intentions to know where they should start. And that is one thing that us as black, intelligent black people can offer them, but they have to be willing to listen, you know? And that's a lot of live one across because it's the, it's, I call it the but mentality, but I, but I, you know? Well, you there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people who are willing to listen. That doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that they understand it. Like I have a right. couple of people I know who constantly question, well, I'm not privileged. They're constantly saying, I'm not privileged. I'm not. I'm, I, nobody gives me anything. I don't get shit. <laughs> just, just the fact that you get to say you're not privileged means you're privileged. Yeah. Well, <laughs> shit. And the irony is they are from a little bit of money anyway, but yeah. somehow, some way they find themselves victims. I'm like, you're a fuck white fucking dude. You're a white fucking dude. If you're going to sit here and whine to me, a 53 year old woman of color, you can get the fuck out of my face because this is just ridiculous. And yeah, 
well, 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 being 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 stakeholder into reading into their own narrative kind of, uh, you know, elevates the frustration that a lot of us has because we have worked our lives trying to fit into their society so we can get paid so we can eat, you know, whether it's the service industry, the food industry, tech industry that me and me and Big Germ are in. It doesn't matter. We always have to warm our way in and kind of for a long time sit in our space until we get our word till we get our say and sometimes that doesn't come you know and sometimes we just go you know what fuck you guys i'm just gonna go out and and find like-minded people and do my thing but then even when you go and do your thing you still need those those connections and things like that and if those connections feel like you are not benefiting their agenda they will try to entrap you and smash your shit you know well my favorite was the uh you know, during the uh, the Capitol uprising, <laughs> basically. You mean don't you mean hunky kong? I call it hunky kong. Hunky kong. Some asshole's like, you're treating me like I'm black. <laughs> I know, I yeah, know. I finally saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. The Let's fact go. that that was even mem- murdered. I mean, wow. You're treating me like yeah. I'm black. That's that's yeah. Just- Wow. Well, gives everybody what they should know. And Mickey, I think that's the I think that's, you know, really the key is is to, you know, that the society is so, so set up for for the benefit of white people, really. Um, everyone, you know, if you're born into this, we get, you know, um, even if it's subliminal messages that white people gets to be treated a certain kind of way and everybody else gets to be treated a different kind of way. And that's what the American project is founded on. Mm-hmm. It's founded on that. So, I mean, for people to be flabbergasted that we're here is almost a little disingenuous because that's what the country, the country relies on, you know, one genocide and one 400 year enslavement of another people. So well, this country relies on this country relies on, on um, the vision to make to make profit, because without the vision, you don't have a workforce. Right. You know. You don't it's have simple. A, you don't have a service uh, economy where one person is the served and the other people are the servers. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a master and servant. That America, the, the the patriarchy, made this the way that it's designed to be made. You know, and, and if it was up to them, we'd all we'd all have the same nose. If it was up to them, because they all do. <laughs> They all yeah. have the same nose. Okay. Could you guys see one of my favorite memes from the the Oprah and uh, Meghan Markle interview? <laughs> was from The Onion, and um, it was so funny. It said, um, "the The monarchy is afraid that there's that Archie is going to have the same disgusting rancid skin as that. Not going to have the same disgusting rancid skin as they do." Oh, oh yuck! Yeah. Oh yeah, because they all look inbred. God. <laughs> That's like that's like that's like a that's like the one drop that was like spread out to many buckets. <laughs> that's all that that's all that inbreeding, man. <clears throat> no, they just keep dipping into the same bucket. That's the problem. Yeah. It's not spread to many buckets. It's one bucket. One bucket. Well, that's why that's why they all look like Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> no, they all have extra toes and shit, man. No, they got that J chromosome that you never heard of. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with J? Why do you think they call it blue blood? It they actually <laughs> add blue fucking blood. Yeah, you can see it in that old Gross. dude's eyes. No, it was it was a genetic defect. 
That's why they Man, had- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Them motherfuckers look like they eat kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my but anyway, so I want to ask a question Well, we're on this. We're on this whole thing about about race and about equality and stuff like that. And this is both at you, you and you, Mecca and, and uh, Mickey. But being being um, I'm, I'm going to assume that you're 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 mixed Mecca. Um, biracial. Mm-hmm. OK, biracial. The, the, the proper term. Excuse me. I'm from Chicago. Mixed is cool. Uh, well, at least but, you didn't say mulatto. I know. Oh, no. I used Nobody to say, that shit say that before. Shit. Mickey got on my nope. ass about that two years ago. <laughs> mulatto. I, I hear mixed people say it too, and I'm like, oh lord. Oh my god. <laughs> what about the octaquadroon? No, octaquadroon. I'm not a quadroon. <laughs> well, we're all we're all we're all we're all octomixed because you know Thomas Jefferson didn't fucking waste any time, but. He when, dropped his bucket. <laughs> he dropped his bucket, man. Just left it in the field. Let motherfuckers trip over it. But being being of of biracial ethnicity, have you guys noticed any harm or or favor from both sides in the last year and a half that have affected you positively and negatively? Because it comes from both sides, especially if you're fucking mixed, you know. Mecca? Well, for me, I would say, you know, I was thinking about this this morning, actually. And the reality, I believe, for me is, you know, I tell I tell people all the time that I have white privilege. I have white privilege. I was raised with white people, white people who had the money to send me to college. I was raised in a Minnesota as a white state and I'm a light skinned woman. So my experience moving through the world is going to be is very different from your experience moving through the world. You know, and all of those things afford me privilege. And so, I mean, comparatively speaking, I've probably had a much, I mean, yes, I'm a woman. And so we experience sexism too. So that's, you know, that's potentially a different, speaking of buckets, it's a different bucket. But I think that, you know, the world doesn't seem, America doesn't see me as a threat, perhaps, is the way they, that America sees you. I might be, I might be a little more invisible, you know, as I mentioned earlier, but, um, I think that, you know, relatively speaking, comparatively speaking, I probably move through the world easier. And I, I, and light-skinned people always have. Yeah, Mickey. I concur. I concur. We move better at night, though. What's what? that? We move better at night. No, I'm going <laughs> to spook. I'm going to I'm going to spook by the door at night. So. Yeah. So whatever. As long as you don't smile. <laughs> you can't see at night as long as you don't smile. <laughs> Y'all, y'all, y'all wrong. <laughs> talking to a guy today. I was talking to him. I'm doing a story about the first black person in Minnesota to have a liquor license, A.B. Cassius. Yep, I know um, them. I know that. I know yep. those folks. So I was talking with grandson Saluki on the phone today. And Saluki was telling me how his great great grandfather um, on his mother's side was a, um, uh, a sheriff here in Minnesota. Now you're talking about in the twenties. And I was like, are you, I was like, word. And you, and I said, you can't even imagine there being black police then. Oh, the the light family. And he goes, Sheriff Sheriff light. Yeah. Lukey goes, wow. They were light skinned, you know? So that's how they were able to do that. Being light skinned. So we were, we were always taught when I was growing up that, you know, we would always like, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't delve into like the, the swirl until I moved to Minnesota essentially. But we were always like, when we were younger, you know, we, you, we all know this is black people that they always dictated that white was better. 
you know, the lighter skin, the better, you know, and we be chasing these red bones around. That was the old term for mixed women chasing red bones around. It's like, yeah, you know, but I ain't trying to live on a plantation. You know, I lived in Mississippi mm. and I was with a red bone girl and she lived with her parents and her parents did not want her with some old chocolate ass brother from fucking Chicago. <laughs> Right. Well, that's the thing. You know, racism exists everywhere in America. Especially in our people. In the black community, too. It's you can't. No, I got it from my mom who's light skin. You know, she treated us different than she treat her other friends that had light skin. Her own kids. Yeah. Someone somebody gifted me with the book White Fragility and I wasn't going to read it, but I'm reading it. Great book. Great book. And she talks about how, you know, because we talk about racism as being a bad thing, we don't like to talk about it because it's um, it has the moniker of being bad. So the problem with that is that we live in a racist society, whether we like it or not, and we're all subject to having these messages of racism put on us. So we have to start talking about it. And a racist doesn't necessarily make you a good person or a bad person or any kind of a person. It means that we live in a racist society. We're aware of race. We're aware of race by the time we're five years old, all of us, you know. So it's difficult because, you know, racism has horrible effects and people get hurt and people get killed. Um, but we can't keep on not talking about it. Well, a lot of people try to squash it, Mickey. Well, there's also we can't not talk about it. But at the same time, I don't know. It, for me, I just I can't engage in those conversations all the time because they're just tiring. Well, it's exhausting. And, and I can't I can't constantly hold somebody's hand to walk through the process. I can't. Well, No, it's not my job. What I'm saying is that even even though it's not my job, I still find myself thrust into those situations. And as somebody who actually hates dealing with it, I hate dealing with race. I hate looking for it. I hate it when it when it comes up and bites me in my fucking ass. I hate it because I would like to think we're better than that. And I know that we aren't. I am. I get really uncomfortable in conversations about race and I refuse to see it until it's just glaringly obvious. And so. You know, back to your earlier question, Malcolm, it's I was raised in a white household. I was raised in Minneapolis. I was raised as a light skinned mixed person. And so it's yeah, I've definitely been given privilege, but, you know, not a lot. And it's certainly I'm certainly at 53. That shit has ebbed away. And I'm just kind of like this nebulous blob (laughs) that walks her dog down. the street. Come on, don't say that. Well, my whole thing, my whole thing about white comfort is not my fucking problem. Okay, that's that's how I I I, at my age and all the shit that I went through before I even moved to Minneapolis, being part of ARA and the anti-racist action and the Antifa movement that was started here in Minneapolis. A lot of people don't know that, but I white comfort is not my problem. So what you were saying, Mickey, about people wanting wanting a, a, a solvable explanation for their comfort mm-hmm. saying that, Oh, what, what can we do? It's like, well, you know what? I'm running out of ways to tell you how to handle being my friend. Okay. If you are my friend, you are simply just my friend. And that should be the end of it. Mm-hmm. But if you bring the color of my skin or of my, or my aggressiveness towards protecting my skin, because I will be fucking aggressive to protect my skin, but I should not have to do that. If you're actually my friend, you know, <clears throat> I shouldn't have to have that conversation with anybody. If you're my friend, 
Right. You, know, you should already know what to do. It is not like you said, Mecca. It is not our privilege or problem to educate you. You need to only listen to what we say and then do your own fucking research. Well, you know, I got, you got all the books. From black people too, though. I'm not going to not. Oh I'm no, not no. Going to say that I didn't get shit from black people growing up. Absolutely. A lot of shit from black people for being all the time. a race person. So it's not <laughs> just a white thing. Well, let's all let's all have this thing, thing in common that we have. This one thing in fucking common that we all have that. We were getting shit for being articulate when we were too young, apparently, to be articulate. You know, oh, yeah. The whole speaking Oreo like, thing. Wow. <laughs> it's like, I love I love I love how a comedian, a black comedian said it so eloquently years ago. And I carry it with me. Why you talk white? You mean me? I talk like I know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> like I have a job. I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about this. You know, people talk about code switching. Yep. And because I was growing up, I, you know, I was raised with white people. I did my code switching in the other direction. So if I spent time when I was growing up, if I went to hang out with black folks, I had to try to code switch to be more black. Oh, we did. Oh, I did yeah, it too. We do it all the time. Yep. Every fucking day. It's fucked up. And black people are actually harder on us. Yeah. They'll, because call, they'll call you out right in your face. I know. I respect that, I but respect at the same that. time, it hurts yeah. my feelings. It hurts my <laughs> fucking feelings, feeling. too. It does, it does hurt your feelings. Yeah. Are you, we work yeah. all this, we, we spend all these years working hard to fit in, and then when we're in, we're still out. It's fucked up. You can't win. No, you no. can't win. No, we win. no I don't try to win. I just fucking, just fucking yeah. exist. Yeah, I get my I money. Like I get my you. money so I can help my people, so I can stay above ground or or not looking through shallow fucking bars. Because I'll catch a case if somebody gets on the right on the right path. I'm too old for cases, but hey, nothing's impossible, right? <laughs> so where will we go? I think that's the eternal question. Or will well, we stay and fight? We got, we got, we got a, we got a, like three months of shit that we may or may not have to deal with. And from what, yeah. I, what I heard earlier, the octagon, the 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 kill, the kill, the kill zone they, they built downtown around the around the courthouse. It's actually military people go. That's a kill zone. So if you go in there with this bullshit and we know it ain't us, you know it's them. But they ready to fucking take people out because I told people that what happened last summer in Minneapolis, yeah, that ain't happening this year. We're all vigilant now. We're not letting you come in and just destroy our fucking city. You ain't burning club down again. Fuck that. No, no, no. Stay no. away from Target. Stay away from Target. Burn that club down on Broadway. I, you can take that. <laughs> they but. just put that thing back together, man. Come on. <laughs> Shit. Oh, dear. People be opening up bread. They open up the bread there and like be taking slices out. I'm not fucking kidding. Man, brothers, man. It's going to be a hot summer. The summer's going to be hot. hot. It's going to be hot this summer. Hot. How are you preparing for that, Mecca? How are you preparing for the summer? You know what's coming up, girl. How are you preparing you know, for it? I'm. You know what? To be perfectly honest with you, <clears throat> this has been, you know, I mean, it's it's been an incredibly difficult year on everyone. Um, but I've, I've really had a, a really horrible year. Um, I've had some family separation stuff happening. I'm just recovered from coronavirus. Oh, oh you did? Yeah. You got you got you 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 got yo, you got the book, huh? 
And now we're going into this. And, you know, it just makes you wonder how much people can take emotionally. You know, I tend to think I'm a pretty emotionally stable person, but I've kind of feel like I've been having my outer limits tested, you know, in the last few weeks, I would say. And I just don't know if I, I can, I don't know. I don't know how I will, to be honest with you. I don't feel like I can take on very much more. And just knowing that we're entering this I can just feel, and you can just feel the collective anxiety. You can feel the collective grief from all of the death and illness that we've had, the collective grief from the summer. Um, It's just, I mean, the word hard doesn't even begin to scratch the surface anymore. And I don't know how to prepare. I really don't know. No. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And we have have some ways to go. And it's 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 tough. I I feel what you're feeling. I'm about to go back into therapy, you guys. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I was gonna say add a therapist. I mean, I never got one. Maybe get another one. I don't know. Like, well, we do really have to work on our mental health. I think every black person in America should have a free therapist for life. Thank you. Yep. Oh oh, and that education. We will bring back around the reparations. We've talked about that oh, many no, well. times on the show. And reparations <laughs> as well. Absolutely. You no, know, because it's 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 hard on black people because we are we are essentially the center of all of this. And th- those who think that progress is happening and making us feel better as it's occurring are wrong because occurrence is not a solution. You know, it's just what's happening. And we're in the middle of that happenstance. And it's happenstance because something blew the fuck up. Coronavirus came and everybody had a lot of free time on their hands. And then the fucking country exploded because of that, because of the free yeah. time. Well, and also the anxiety, I think. And I think people having an opportunity to like have some hardship, you know, people had lost their jobs. There's economic hardship happening. And so, you know, people start to be a little bit of a hairline trigger, you know, when things are not going well in their life. And then you you start piling on the things. And so I fear, I really do fear for like society at large, because oftentimes when you get through a crisis is when you sort of fall apart or break down or when, when, when things start to get really, really, really bad, you know, you think, Oh, it's over. No, that's when you, when your body starts to feel the trauma. And so I do worry that, um, that people are just, people are just falling apart kind of, I mean, how much do you expect people to take? Right. And I said that last summer, (laughs) when, 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 when George Floyd was murdered, I said, I said that very sentence, how much do you expect people to take? They want us to take it for five more months and look at, you know, now we're now fast forward and, and we're, you know, so I don't know you guys. I, I, for all of us, we ain't nothing but horses to a lot of these people. We can take as much as they put on us. You know, some of us, they consider Clydesdale with fucking weapons. And I, I don't, know what my my peers i consider all of you my immediate peers and then i have a secondary my secondary peer group which are caucasians but i don't my immediate peers are suffering just like me i don't know if they're at the level i'm at i am going to assume that you are because we are all the same way intellect is often a fucking double-edged sword too you know, the more you understand, the harder it becomes sometimes because yeah. you can't wrap your head around it. You All know? I know is that we have been locked up for a year with COVID. Yeah. yeah. We have been simmering with George Floyd and all of the aftermath of that. And now we're heading into nice weather and 
People have lost their fucking <laughs> minds. Just mind. driving down the street, people have lost their fucking minds. Don't even have to drive down. People don't even have to stop at a fucking stop sign anymore. No, <laughs> they go through buildings yeah. on the regular. Feel the aggression and the pent up anxiety, and just just people are driving really aggressively. People are. I was at an intersection in my neighborhood the other day, and these two guys were having like a standoff, like in their cars. And then one guy took a big gulp and like threw it at the other guy's car, and it was just a like, big oh gulp. <laughs> and there's just so much rage, just so much rage, you know, and you can just feel it, you know. Well, you know, I did something. I did something. I was very surprised at myself today, guys. I was I had to go to the DMV because I, I, I had to get the taps for my motorcycles and my Vespas. And I wrote something wrong on the check. They called me and said, I have to come in, bring him another check. So I was like, oh, I'll be right out. Sorry about that. I haven't wrote a check in a fucking year. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I don't know how to write checks anymore. Yeah, so yeah. I get out there and I'm, wait, I'm waiting in the line, waiting for the woman to come to give me my other check because you ain't getting a new one without the old one. I don't trust these motherfuckers. You know, you ain't fucking with my money. But as I'm waiting, this this white man, you know, shorts, New Balance fucking shoes and a Trump shirt and a Trump hat walks out of the fucking place and looks right at me. And you know what I didn't do? What I would have done and said, nice job, losers. I let him go because he acknowledged me before I even say anything. I just looked at him. And I go, man, I feel sorry for this cat because he is the he is the last stance on he's one of the last holdouts of white supremacy in our town. You know, he's walking around with that shit on. Probably not the okay. last. Not the, no, they still out there, man. Close to the last. Fucking he's the last holdout that I'm going to fucking bite my tongue to. That's, How about that's, that? that's different. I, yeah. That's all I saw in Oklahoma. I just need week. to pass off a check before I get into it with this with this motherfucker. You know, that's all. But I would have said something. But you know what? I'm like, I'm too old for this motherfucker. I'm too old for him. I would have tripped him. Let him him have it. Shit happens. Whatever. I I did peep his license plate, though. So, you know, you know, I'm still, you know, I'm still hood as fuck. I still got some people. I'm still hood as fuck. At the DMV, better look him up. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. I'm still donating over Redbone. So, you know. (laughs) I know. I I wanted to ask, um, I wanted to ask Mecca this this question though too. I know you you've been in the food industry for a long time. How are things going with the independent food industry right now? Well, I mean, it's you know, like I said, I was just on actually on another podcast before this one, and I said like, look, this is a moment where we ha- just like just like um, just like the civil rights movement that I believe we're in right now, we have a huge opportunity to to make things better as far as I'm concerned. Now, whether we or not we take that opportunity is another question. You know, are people just going to be scrambling to give their money and are people just going to be scrambling to just eat out because they're so tired of not being able to eat out? Or are we going to take this opportunity that's been handed to us to create a better industry? And I fear that we're not because people are not very smart in this country. But, you know, the, it's, the industry has bottomed out and it has a chance to rebuild itself and I don't know. I don't know. I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew what would happen. But that's what I hope will happen is that we have a better industry at the end of all of this. I hope Chow Girls comes back. I hope we have a better everything after this. I heard like, that. Yeah. Anyway, we are running out of time, y'all. Well, so lovely. Let's stay in touch, please. But thank, you. thank you so much for being on. Really appreciate oh. your time and everything that you do. 
Vaccinations, vaccinations are opening up, so go get them. Yep, yep. And when you, if you get that, if you get that, if you're over fifty and you get the shingles vaccine, it might knock you on your ass like it did me for thirty six. All right, good to know. I got mine. I'm Tricky Mickey. I'm Malcolm Tent. I'm Big Germ. I'm and this is Mecca. And Mecca. Yay, Mecca. Thanks, y'all. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Bye. See you guys later. Bye.